You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 43 of the College Loop Podcast, or the Philip Wetzel Kirk episode, if you will, which actually goes right into what we're going to be talking about today, the tight end position. But before, go ahead and shout out the fact that I'm alone again. It's just me. Uh, I'm the only one that takes the show as seriously. Uh, kidding, of course. Uh, they're just Harrison Tarr is in a boat somewhere in backwoods, Georgia, with absolutely no service. Uh, usually, it takes him about ten minutes to respond. Uh, it takes about three hours. Uh, Daniel, I believe, was covering uh, some kind of athletic event uh, out of out of out of the out of town, so he was not able to make it on time. So it's just me. Uh, gonna be like a shorter episode, more than likely, uh, like 20, 30 minutes, hopefully, because uh, my my voice will hurt after after a certain amount of time. But yeah, they're getting started in the football uh, uh, speech uh, talking uh, uh, topic. There we go. Uh, words are hard. Uh, so we're going to talk the tight end position uh, in honor of this being the 43rd episode. And, you know, rest in peace, Lutz and Kirkin. Uh, gave me some of my favorite memories as an Auburn fan growing up, especially uh, the Lutzy in the 2010 Iron Bowl, where, you know, Cam Newton led a 20 20- eight or 24 point comeback and won the game 28 to 27 in a game that I had a lot of fun going to school afterwards because <laughs> but I don't know what it really was uh he didn't see the f- he got to see the field in four games and they gave him the red shirt uh did not get a catch did not really do anything but block really I uh, maybe ran a route or two but at six foot five 238 dude's talented dude's a stud uh, I just think that, you know, he's young and there's a lot of old dudes in this in the locker room. Uh, you know, last season you had John, John Samuel Schinker uh, be your best tight end, um, but he didn't put up crazy stats. Uh, he's put up better stats uh, yardage wise. I uh, put up, a, I think, a couple touchdowns. But moving up, Brendan Frazier uh, starts my one of uh, three or four seniors, actually. Uh, Brendan Frazier, six foot seven, uh, 271 pounds from the class of 2020. Uh, last season got two catches for 19 yards. Uh, he's a guy I'm not, I'm not really expecting a lot from. Uh, his size makes him a lot more appealing than he has been playing. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Luke Dill and Tyler Fromm gonna combine these two. They basically are the same guy. They play exactly the same. Uh, both six five. Uh, Fromm two thirty nine, and Luke Dill is two hundred fifty six pounds. Uh, both those guys got three catches. Both got uh, Luke Dill got thirty four yards. Tyler Fromm got 51 yards, and neither one got a touchdown. They were more the backups behind Shrinker. They're reliable targets, uh, but not really the focal point of the tight end position last season, at least, and they for sure will not be this season because of one guy coming in from the transfer portal, uh, Florida International tight end, Rivaldo Fairweather, who last season, 28 catches, 426 yards, and three touchdowns, which – is the best tight end season uh, that we've seen from an, <laughs> I don't want to say from an Auburn player, but the best tight end stat line, that would have been the best tight end stat line from like the past five, 10 years, really. 
because uh, looking back at the last notable tight end stat lines for Auburn, uh, 2021, where John Samuel Schenker got 33 catches for 413 yards, did get a touchdown though, somehow, yeah. some way. Uh, then 2011 and 2010 were my last two that I looked up, uh, both Philip Watson Kirk and uh, 24 catches, 238 yards, seven touchdowns, 2011. And of course, 2010, the national championship season, 15 catches, 185 yards, and five touchdowns. Now, 185 yards and 238 does not sound like a notable season stat, but the, the 12 touchdowns combined is where I'm standing at with those two. Because the tight end position has been so underwhelming, per se, at Auburn, uh, CJ Uzama was the last, I'd say, good tight end Auburn had. He got drafted. Uh, I was kind of shocked because, I mean, the the stats weren't there, but, I mean, that's that was just me at the time. Uh, watching back at the film, he was a great target. He was uh, he won Auburn the Mississippi State game in 2013 with a uh, back corner catch. But when I look back, the seasons, the stats, uh, the targets, not really the forte of Auburn to utilize a tight end since Philip Hudson-Kirkin, uh, CG Uzama 2013, really. After 2013 and 2014, Tight ends weren't really a thing. I mean, you had Brandon Foles, who was more of a, a fullback. Chandler Cox was a fullback, but they kind of used utilize him as an H-back. And that's more of an excuse to, uh, you know, call him a tight end. And then it was more of a Gus Malzahn thing. He never really used a tight end after that when it would have been really helpful to have those very reliable targets coming out uh, running routes. Uh, the You hope the wide receiver position would be picking up uh, any lack of production from tight ends. But here's the thing. Auburn hasn't had a thousand yard receiver since before I was born. Uh, so that's where that stands. Uh, you would think that they would use a tight end more because uh, they're reliable. Auburn has not had the best quarterbacks throughout the seasons. Uh, I mean, between Nick Marshall and Bo Nix, uh, between, sorry, Nick Marshall and Jarrett Stidham, not a lot of consistency at the quarterback position in general. And a tight end can help that. Uh, I never really understood why Auburn didn't try to get a tight end. I was stoked when they got Fromm and Deal. But even then, they weren't really utilized. Um, we saw him kind of pop off sometimes when Bo Nix needed a guy to throw to after he ran 30 yards to get back to the line of scrimmage. It just never really happened. But I'm looking at it going in with Hugh Freeze, who was known for his tight end usage. Uh, in 2016, Evan Ingram... 65 catches, 926 yards, eight touchdowns. He was a finalist, one of the finalists. I can't find if it was a semifinalist or what, but he was in the running for the John Mackey Award, which is a national tight end award. And of course, in 2018, Evan Ingram also had, or 2014, sorry, 662 yards and two touchdowns, but the 662 yards is where I'm at. 38 targets on, or 38 receptions for them. I look at Rivaldo Fairweather, kind of like an Evan Ingram. Partially same build. Uh, they're both very tall. Uh, Votto is probably a little bit bigger, two fifty two pound or two fifty two hundred fifty one pounds, six foot four. I look at Rivaldo Fairweather as that number one reliability target. He's not going to be your flashy stat line. He's not going to get you a thousand yards more than likely. It won't happen. It rarely happens in college. Uh, it happens a lot in the NFL because the NFL is a tight end league now. You got Kelsey. You got Kittle. You got Hawkinson, you got Andrews. All those guys are putting up crazy numbers because the tight end position is so valuable nowadays. And we've seen that in the past two national championships where the best tight end in the country played for Georgia, Brock Bowers. I, I, uh, but 
Auburn really needs to have that kind of reliable target that they haven't had in a hot minute. I mean, I would say John Tomashenko was a reliable target, but he never really was utilized like he probably should have been either. We saw that with the combine where he he's run the fastest 40 from any tight end in this draft class and probably had one of the best pro days of any of the tight ends. And I look at it from a standpoint of Revolta Fairweather has the talent. He has the ability to do what needs to be done on offense. Um, he's smart. He's fast. He's athletic. He can catch anything. And I sit there and wonder, can Auburn get like a good 500, 600-yard season out of a tight end? And Revolta Fairweather has the talent to do that. I just wonder if the scheme, it comes down to the scheme, the quarterback, uh, Philip Montgomery didn't really utilize tight ends at Baylor. But Hugh Freeze does. That that's kind of the meshing point. Uh, from what I've heard, Ronald Fairweather has a, has had a very good spring, and he's just as advertised. And I think Auburn fans are stoked to finally see a tight end of this caliber come to the plains. I I think when it comes down to it, I think Valdo can put up 500 yards easy. Uh, I think he could be the second on the team in receiving yards. But will that happen? I think so. Um. That's going to be my my answer to that. I I, I think we're going to see a steep incline and in talent at the tight end position under Hugh Freeze, because in his offense, when it comes down to a quarterback, you have to be able to scramble, and whenever you're scrambling, your uh, safety blanket is usually the tight end position, and Valdo Fairweather is going to be that safety blanket. And uh, whenever you think about it from that standpoint, I think Valdo is going to get a get a lot of targets. He's going to get a lot of catches. He's probably going to have the best tight end season we've had. Since 2021, I don't want to say 2021 because I didn't get touchdowns, but best like touchdown season since Lexi Kirkin in 2011. That's almost that's over a decade ago, and I have a lot of faith in Hugh Freeze right now. I have a lot of faith in the scheme. I stand behind it. Valdo has been one of my favorite pickups from the portal. Of course, Gunnar Britton is my favorite just because I love the big boys up front. I think Revolta Fairweather is going to be one of the most impactful pickups in the country, let alone in just Auburn and in the SEC. When I think about it from that point of view, I think that Auburn is going to have a different outlet going forward. Auburn has five very talented tight ends on the roster as we speak. And since they've been on roster through the end of the Gus Malzahn era, through the Harson era to now, not utilized like they should have been at all, and I, I think Hugh Freeze is going to change that. And I think we start with Valdo Fairweather. I think he's going to have a really good season. And uh, I, it's going to be something different Auburn fans have not been used to in a hot minute. Uh, if you want to count Salcanello the tight end, uh, it's kind of like that. But with Landon King, I don't know if Landon King really has anything to say. I, I don't really see the tight end anymore. He's more of a flex option to me, uh, is just what I'm hearing. I, but I think there's going to be a different uh, mindset about the tight end position on the planes. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. 
with Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. All right, now to talk about the baseball and softball. So diamond sports that have been going on this weekend. It's been a very slow week for Auburn sports. There's no basketball, women's or women's. Uh, there's not a lot of gymnastics. is going to get talked about a little bit. Uh, that's going to be towards more of the end of the show just because it's a little depressing. So going to end the show on a downer <laughs> before we end the show off. But, you know, a huge shout out to uh, Auburn Equestrian for – winning the sec a huge accomplishment for them it was huge uh it happens a lot actually so maybe not as it's it's huge to win the sec um i i wish i'd seen more of uh this season uh equestrian is always good at auburn and i mean they're always a national championship contender uh contending so if you want to see a team wearing you know this this logo sorry this flipped this logo win a national championship, win an SEC championship more often, uh, I advise that you start watching more Auburn Equestrian if you want to see more consistent Auburn wins. Uh, and he shot a swimming diving too. They're popping off. Volleyball starting up soon. And track and field is popping off as well. And soccer started off the season with a huge win as well. Now to get started on Diamond Sports, which I started off saying in the a uh, few minutes ago, baseball started off playing the number two team in the country in Gainesville, Florida, and won game one, 10 to one. Uh, I was mind blown whenever I, I, I wasn't personally watching the game. I was driving uh, in a car, so I didn't know what was going on. I was just kind of hoping that it was not going terrible, uh, and this is the adverse effect of that. Uh, Auburn won in Gainesville, 10 to one in game one behind the arm of Tanner Bauman, who had four strikeouts, uh, seven in total for the team. But it just, Auburn just held this very, very potent Florida defense to only one run in game one, at least. And it was crazy. I didn't, I, I wasn't expecting it. I, I had to ask my girlfriend uh, if I, that score was real, because I, I was shocked by the fact that Auburn was winning in general. I was expecting one win to be the, the limit. I wasn't expecting game one to be that. Uh, but, you know, Ike Irish had another home run. Uh, Beware does what Beware does. He had a home run as well. Game two, and now I'm going to – I talk, started talking very positive game one. Now, game two is kind of what I expected to see this this weekend. Auburn lost 12-5. Uh, and pitching was absolutely abysmal. Uh, it, 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 was, it looked like it always did. Uh, and that's going to happen whenever you're down to your last arms. Uh, you have to go into going to Sunday at noon. The, as it's coming out, so today at noon, Auburn's going to take on Florida in Game Three with Tommy Vale as pitcher, who has been one of the hotter hands on the mound uh, since the departure of Justin Gonzalez and his injury. Hopefully, he, he's back soon. Hopefully, he's back soon. Auburn is in desperate need of Gonzo. Because right now the pitching rotation is questionable, and that's a giant question mark. Uh, bolded, underlined, uh, thirty-point font uh, italics uh, questionable. Uh, because Auburn doesn't have a reliable pitcher. Uh, Tommy Ville's been doing well. Uh, ten, uh, 
T- Tanner Bauman uh, played pretty daggum good against Florida in game one, but game two kind of showed that, kind of kind of showed the, the I don't want to say frailness, but the uh, the weakness that Auburn has. It doesn't have reliable pitchers throughout the entire weekend. And game two is a bummer. Uh, you go into game three hoping you can get it all set back right. Uh, Tommy Vale is probably the best pitcher you have left uh, and, and game as well, starting pitcher at least. And you go into game three, hopefully uh, uh, Auburn can pull out the win. If if Auburn wins this weekend, I think it tremendously save, uh, helps your season. It almost, and if, if his tar was here, he'd probably say it would save your season for the short run at least until something else happens. But this, this weekend has proved that Auburn – Desperately needs Gonzo back. Uh, this is Auburn fully healthy, by the way. Uh, they went one and one versus Florida so far. Game three again today at noon. Uh, it's in Gainesville, uh, but <laughs> if you can make the drive by the time this comes out at eight thirty, um, get to Gainesville, uh, support the Tigers, and uh, hopefully they clinch it. Uh, it'd be awesome. Uh, it gets Auburn right back on track after a couple. Eh, weekends uh beat George clinched against Georgia got games one and two game three went did not go well uh and then of course you look back he got swept by Arkansas this kind of shows that Auburn is a team to be worried about in the SEC of course, of course Arkansas is a really good team and swept Auburn Florida's also a really good team and did not sweep Auburn so I think with Gonzo back Auburn's back on the upwards trajectory and then other diamond sports going on this weekend softball playing in Auburn, Alabama at JB Moore Field. Catch me at Auburn Ole Miss to, today as it's coming out. I will be heading there today with my girlfriend. So if you see me, come say hey. Um uh, you go talk to me softball. Uh um it's been a hot minute since I've been been to a game. So so come say hi. But yeah, game one, Auburn won eight to two. Uh scored three runs in the second, four runs in the third, and got that. I guess clinching one in the fifth. I uh, went to seven. Uh, Return of the Bree Bombs is what I have for this uh, this game. That's my big headline for this game. We finally got a home run from Bree Ellis after a weeks without one, and it was refreshing to see. Uh, after weeks of her hitting foul balls left and right, uh, she finally got one back. And you know, uh, spoiler alert: uh, go ahead and uh, bet on her to hit one this game because. I've brought my girlfriend to three games as we speak, and she's never not seen a Brie Bomb. So go ahead and bet your mortgage on on a Brie Bomb t- today. Uh, but, uh, of course, if you look at the pitching rotation, uh, it was just Penta, all Penta, 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 Penta. Uh, I would say it's Pentagon, but she pitched for all seven innings. Uh, got nine strikeouts. It, it, uh, Maddie Penta is back to where she needs to be. We talked about it uh, last week. Uh, she got her confidence back after a very rough stretch, and it looks like she is back to being one of the better, best, not better, one of the best pitchers in the SEC, and of course, one of the best in the country. Uh, if Auburn can keep this up, I mean, the pitching is not really a question. Some days they just have bad days. Like today, I don't want to say it was a bad day. Uh, I think Weidra just kind of had some hits turn into runs. Um, Auburn, of course, lost today, uh, lost Saturday. Yes, yesterday, as this comes out, four to one to the Ole Miss Rebels, and it, it just 
wasn't a good offensive day. Uh, Auburn had seven uh, runners left on base, and they only they had six hits. Uh, none of only one turned into a, got into a run. It was just a rough stretch, a uh, rough rough day, not stretch, rough day. Uh, Auburn has had had some of these uh, there th- here and there and whatnot, but it was just one of those days. Uh, it, it's kind of sucked that after two big wins from on uh, Friday with for both baseball and softball that Saturday kind of turned into a trash heap uh, with the 12 to five loss in baseball and eight and four to one loss in softball. Because I don't want to uh, separate them for right now. I think softball is better than Ole Miss. Uh, and I don't, uh, and I think they're going to clinch it tomorrow. Uh, but it, 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 it's got to be more consistent on offense. Uh, they they don't get a lot of hits at times. It, it just, at points, it just seems like Auburn is just out there swinging to swing. A little bit more consistent is all I'm asking for. Uh, they're fine. This is a very talented team. I'm not stressing the season whatsoever. But some of the games that I have seen, have watched, have talked about, have been very scary at times because Auburn sometimes struggles when it comes to hitting the ball, getting on base, scoring. And yesterday seemed like one of those days. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to fix that tomorrow uh, with Emma and Weidra pitching Yesterday, I assume Shelby Lowe or Penta again, uh, but more than likely Shelby will be back pitching, and hopefully Auburn just gets right on uh, when it comes to batting. But yeah, with that, that's uh, all I have. It's shorter show always when it when it's just me because my voice can't handle talking for forty minutes alone. But yeah, make sure to go follow Harrison Tar and Daniel Locke. That's by Harrison Tar on Twitter, and of course Daniel J Locke on Twitter for those to go follow it, go read all their work, go do all that. And of course I'm Dylan Lark at you boy, the tank on Twitter. That is at Y a B O I the tank and follow the college loop literally everywhere. That is Spotify, Apple podcast. That is Amazon music. That is Google podcast, social media. You got YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube shorts too. Uh, if I, man, I think I missed one. Probably one. Uh, did I? I don't think so. But yeah, with that, this has been the College Loop Podcast. And tell us in the comments, what do you think Rivaldo Fairweather's stat line for 2023 is going to be?